Hi, this is Bob, and today I have an interview with Infrared. Infrared is a thrash metal band from Ottawa, Ontario. Infrared was formed in 1985, disbanded in 1989, and regrouped in 2014. They have released a new album, From the Black Swamp, this year. And here is my interview with the band. Robert, how's it going? Great, how are you? Can't complain, man. Can't complain. How are things there? Uh, not bad. I just came back from a run a little while ago, so I'm still kind of catching my breath, but uh, I think I'll be okay. <laughs> I wanted to thank you for taking time to speak with me today. Yeah, of course, man. No problem. And congratulations on From the Black Swamp. It's a great album. Yeah, thanks. Uh, we're pretty proud of it. It's uh, a lot of work went into it, a lot of maturity in the writing. So, yeah, we're, uh, if you're not getting better, you, you may as well quit. How was the recording process for you? Good. It's uh, pretty much the same as we always did it. Um, you know, we did uh, record it at my place. I just have like a small studio. People would probably laugh if they saw what I recorded this on because um, the production, I think, is pretty big. But uh, it's just like a little home studio and we have everybody come in and, and record their pieces and then I mix it down. And then this time around, I actually did the mixing because we used to hand that off to somebody else for the mixing and the mastering. Then the last album, I did the mixing and handed it off for mastering. And this time I said, screw it, I'm going to do the whole thing. So save some money. Well, then result is amazing. Oh, thanks. Lockdown is my favorite track on the album. Do you have a favorite track? Sorry, which one's your favorite? Uh, Lockdown. Lockdown. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny. Like, um, it depends on who you talk to. Like, the the favorite tracks are all over the map, which is, I, I think, is a really good sign because it means songs are kind of resonating with people. Um, Lockdown's definitely up there. Uh, I like... From the Black Swamp, the title track, and Evil Ascent. Um, Each Your Own is a pretty good mid-paced one, too, that I kind of have a lot of fun playing. So, <clears throat> yeah, I mean, it's it's varied. For us, it changes every week, right? Like, if you ask us what our favorite song is, it's probably going to change. Oh, sure, absolutely. And all these songs, I think, will render themselves live very well. Um, will you tour this album? Well... <laughs> We're going to try our best. It's, uh, it's whatever COVID and the, and the mandates are that uh, will dictate that. We were just talking today that we, you know, like we have a couple of uh, friend bands that, uh, that we love. Uh, we've played with before. One's Black Mass from, uh, from Boston. And the other one is Raider uh, from the Waterloo Kitchener area here in Ontario. And, uh, you know, we'd like to kind of set something up. I haven't talked to them about it, but, it's just something that we just started talking about today is just like, you know, get three good thrash bands, each with their own slightly different flavor. And we think it would make a hell of a, hell of a nice little mini tour. Yeah, I think uh, definitely um, this album will definitely render well live. Um, can you tell me a, a little bit of history about how the band formed? Yeah, I mean, um, so Kirk and myself, Kirk had bought a guitar way back. I want to say like 1985. So now we're really dating ourselves. 
remember we were probably about four or five years old at the time. Just <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so he bought a guitar and I was playing drums at the time. And I think, you know, I don't think I know. I, we, I went over and we kind of jammed and I was on the drums, but like I knew right away, like drums were not my instrument. Like I just, like I knew I wasn't cutting it and I was okay with that. You know, try a bunch of things, see what sticks. Um, but, you know, he had the guitar and he was learning all these cool songs from Scorpions and um, other bands that we liked at the time. And so I'm like, well, this is really cool. So I tried out his guitar for a bit, learned a couple of songs, and I basically ran to the music store, got myself a guitar. And or actually, I bought a used one off a friend. And then I eventually ran to the music store to get a Flying V. And that's where the love of Flying Vs started. Yeah, I remember myself as... In 84, I, that's my graduation year, so that, that'll date myself. <laughs> I, uh, I remember uh, my first passion was for the drums, and then I learned how terribly uncoordinated my legs and hands are together. <laughs> yep. I think, I think we're the same spirit then, because that's exactly what happened to me. I'll be, I'll be playing guitar, and I remember being in one band, and uh, the guitar player said, he goes, I can't look at your foot when I'm playing. He goes, it throws me <laughs> off time. I, I'm like the Elaine of, uh, of foot tapping. I guess I, I've gotten better, obviously. But uh, yeah, it's uh, it's pretty funny. But I'm just kind of going back to the formation of the band. So so Kirk and I just started writing uh, like he came up with some riffs. And then I was like, OK, and then I came up with some riffs and he came up with some lyrical ideas. And then we put some songs together. I like fill out the lyrics and and um so then we just basically were partying around and, you know, found a drummer by the name of Alan Grew. So we, we basically brought him into the fold. That guy was so fun to hang out with. And then when we found out that he was a drummer and we got along, so we were just like, this is awesome. And then uh, we got a, uh, we met our bass player in high school, uh, Sean Thompson. And so that basically became the, that was the nucleus of infrared. And it lasted, I want to say about four years tops ish. Uh, before it kind of fizzled out. And then 2014, uh, the three of the original members reformed. We got Mike Forbes on bass and uh, we haven't looked back. So we've, we've been having a blast, like, you know, no egos, no, no fights, just all fun. That's great. And uh, the name infrared, um, every time I hear the name infrared, uh, right off the rip, it sparks me into um uh, Queensryche Rage for Order has a song called Infrared that I really enjoy. I wanted to know how you came across the name of the band. Uh, so that was Kirk. And uh, he just told the story recently in a video interview. So this is why it's fresh in my head. But he's eating cereal one day before high school. I was going through, uh, was listening to Megadeth. And uh, Killing is My Business and Business is Good. And one of the lines in there is um, Infrared. It was just like, just just a word that jumped out at him. He's like, that's a cool name for a band. So he brought it to me. I'm like, hell yeah, sounds good to me. Yeah, excellent. And um, how is the music scene in Canada? You know what? Like, um, I remember back in the day, it was okay. There was like really just a handful of bands that were that were good. Uh, and even in, like in like Ottawa, where we live, you know, there was a band called Shock. Uh, they were pretty much our mentors uh, back then and they were really good. Um, but there wasn't a whole lot of bands and across Canada, you know, obviously the infamous uh, sacrifice and razor, 
uh, Annihilator. Those were the, I would say, the pinnacles of of our style of music. Um, and we had made a small dent, but but not to their not to their level, obviously. Um, so it, you know, now that when I look at the scene now, it's uh, it blows my mind. Like you can't turn in any direction and not hit an amazing band. So you know, and, and a lot of them are you know younger kids. So that are basically picking up the torch and running with it. And they're not playing new metal. They're playing old classic thrash metal. And we're just going, wow, like this is this is pretty cool that, uh, you know, the genre that we're playing hasn't died and, and the kids are liking it. So we're playing with bands that are like half our age, if not younger, which is really cool. I had an interview about a month ago with a band from Canada and they're saying that uh, some of the some of the clubs in their area just didn't survive the the COVID situation. You know, they ended up closing up, and it you know a lot of their local clubs. Is it did COVID hit your area hard as well? Um, I mean, it did hit the the scene hard, but I don't think too many. Well, the clubs that we would play, they survived. I don't know how they did it but they did it. And so now they're slowly starting to, to gain uh, back, you know, business and, and whatnot. And we're actually playing in November at, uh, you know, one of the clubs uh, Mavericks, uh, which was bought out by somebody. Uh, it, it, it actually did fold, but it was saved. <laughs> it was saved by, uh, by um, a guy who owns like a local metal um, metal restaurant. It's a metal themed uh, restaurant, which is basically our stomping grounds. And uh, so his name's Mehdi and, and another person, I don't know if it's a silent partner or not, but they basically saved that place. So we're lucky enough to go back and, uh, and play there in November. That's great. And uh, as far as the recording process, since most of the stuff was done at your place, uh, COVID probably didn't affect you very hard in the recording process. No, no, not at all. I mean, <clears throat> you know, just slightly when everything was sort of unknown when the when the restrictions were in place and people weren't coming over so i just had to keep myself busy doing my parts um or just demoing things uh you know trying things out and sending it around so you, it's fairly easy to work remotely um mike is also uh mike uh, forbes the bass player is also uh, really tech savvy so you know he would do some bass lines and send them over and Eventually, you know, when things lifted, he would come over and we'd finalize his tracks here. But uh, so we were able to keep working. It wasn't uh, it wasn't too bad. I also wanted to ask you, what are some of your lyrical inspirations for the band? Uh, in general or or this last album? Um, in general, um, where do you derive a lot of your lyrics? Um, is it from books, reading or um, maybe news? Yeah, it's pretty much, it's varied. Um, so the older stuff was really more news, history, um, things that you could see, um, see, live, breathe, hear kind of thing. Uh, just things like we write about what we know about, right? So if there's a topic that maybe shows up in the news, we'll immerse ourselves a little bit more deeply into it and do some research. And then you become like, I don't, I don't want to say an expert, but like you get um, a healthy degree of knowledge on it and then it helps you to write about it. Um, you know, and then more so recently we kind of delved into 
uh, well, I always say we're, we're kind of like reporters, right? We're musical reporters mm -hmm. of stuff that happens in the world, whether it's in schools, whether it's at work, whether it's uh, war, um, religion, uh, you know, you name it. We'll kind of just report about it, um, but try to stay kind of like it's more of a here's what we see. This is what's happened. But we try not to pass too much judgment. Right. This is just a, this is just a state of the union type thing. Um, and then on the last album, that one is a lot. That one big is a lot more personal. Like it's it's more about stuff that's happened to the band directly, like uh, various members in the band, um, you know, things that we've seen firsthand too. like we have a song on there called Beautiful Death. And, you know, and, and for people to have the ability to, you know, to call their own time. Uh, when they're suffering right and there's there's literally no hope and no quality of life so you know we just we just kind of go with that and uh i find when you write what you know or what you've experienced you you kind of just can't be wrong and the chances are other people have experienced it too and might kind of it might kind of resonate you know absolutely and are there any tracks that didn't make the album that uh, you know back because it didn't fit or no, no. Um, what's funny is we actually added we added one at the very last minute. And when I say last minute, I mean, it's like a couple of weeks before we went to press. Um, and no, we we kind of um, like our writing process is that if if it's not good to begin with, we we won't even pursue it. So w when we decided that we're working on a song, it's going to make the cut because it's something that we like and then we flesh it out. Right. Um, mm -hmm. it, it's like, I can't think of a time where we started working on a song and we didn't kind of, it didn't make the cut or we didn't finish it. So that's just, that's just kind of the way we work. And it's not because we don't have more ideas or, you know, that we don't want to throw the, the baby out with the bathwater kind of thing. It's just, mm -hmm. it's just the way we work. And I wanted to also ask you, um, what's the best way to get merchandise? from the band uh right now the best way is either if you come see us live which is not the best way right now obviously <laughs> um but the best way is uh infrared metal dot all one word dot uh and you can get to it from our main site like everything for us is infrared metal infraredmetal.ca that's our website you know if you go to facebook it'd be facebook.com front slash infrared metal so we're not too hard to find. Um, and then Bandcamp, you can order physical copies of the CD. You can order shirts, patches, digital copies of the albums. So everything you need is there. And uh, can you talk about the album artwork, the concept behind it? Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, A, uh, <laughs> we love it. We love the way it turned out. We, um, so Kirk, uh, Kirk's got a few tattoos. Uh, pretty cool tattoos and he said my tattoo artist is a huge metalhead and he and actually i think it was one of his professors they wrote a book on metal i haven't read it yet but um but i heard about that so he said why don't we ask him to see if he could maybe put some artwork together for us and so we gave him sort of a concept idea we said look um a big big issue that's going on with our world today is is people getting exploited by people that, you know, you should trust. And so he wanted to sort of emulate um, uh, or not emulate, but capture, you know, this, this evil sort of inner being that, 
basically uses a mask to conceal who they are. And then they will exploit and betray um, and abuse you, right? And this, I mean, and this happens everywhere. It happens at work. It happens in schools. It happens in your friendships. It happens in your uh, your your relationships, like your actual like uh, intimate relationships and stuff like that. And so it's it's everywhere, and you know, so and it's happened to you know the majority of the people in the band. I think only one person's kind of. Uh, you know, been spared that, uh, that experience in the band. And so it just seemed to be fitting that we, uh, that we kind of share that type of, uh, experience with, uh, with our listeners. And I think, uh, one of the really bad things that came from COVID is that, um, I think when people had time to sit around at home, they became angry and, uh, just hated everything and hated the world. And, was looking for reasons to just spread hate, you know, and uh, it was a sad thing to see because, you know, that's just not, that nothing good comes from that. (laughs) No, I mean, there was, you know, there's positive things and negative things that have come out of it. And you're right. You hit the nail on the head um, that there are, there are people, not just, not just like, Joe Blow sitting in his basement, angry at the world. That that definitely happens. But then the type of people that I'm talking about, that's represented on the album cover, they exist. They look at this and they go, you know what? We, I can, I can spread misinformation. I can get followers. I can make money off of this. And you know, so I mean, these conspiracy theories and and the misinformation campaigns and stuff like that. I mean, there's some nefarious shit going on behind it. And uh, you know, if you want to, if you really want to know about a conspiracy, you should be investigating the conspiracies. So, um, you know, so that's, that's pretty bad. Uh, but the positive stuff too is, you know, like, I think people start to realize what's important in life. Like, uh, you know, I got to spend so much more time like with my kids and, you know, and you realize, you know, how much in common you have and how much fun you have. And, and, and then you saw all the good stories, the feel good stories of the uh, healthcare workers being cheered on. And sure. Yeah. So with the bad comes the good. And, and I hope when we get come out on the other side that we, that we just like after nine 11, that there's a kinder, gentler um, society. Right. Right. Can you count on it? Probably not. But I think by and large, I think we'll probably see that. I think people are going to be just so happy that they can walk into a room without a mask and hug somebody. Absolutely. And I know you mentioned the Scorpions. What are some other artists that influenced you to get into music? Well, Iron Maiden, uh, huge influence. Judas Priest, huge. Uh, Black Sabbath, not so much for me as as for Kirk, um, but still still an influence nonetheless. Um, You know, so those those are the those are the, the like the foundational ones for us. And then obviously, I mean, we play thrash and you can hear the, the Bay area sounds or, you know, the more Southern California sounds in there um, or, or the New York sound. Like it's just, we, we were kind of coming up and living and breathing it as it was happening. So it's really kind of, it's, it is genuine. It's not like a, it's not an imitation, so to speak, but it's definitely influenced by that. And um you know, so we just kind of stayed true to that all the way through to today. 
Yeah, uh, during our time, it was a big movement. Uh, you know, bands like Overkill um, really set things in that sound, and yep, you know, this listening to you know, I remember the first time I heard Slayer, I was like, wow. Yep. Oh yeah. I, I mean, I think everybody remembers the first time they heard Slayer, just like, what the hell is this? Yeah. yeah. But let's not forget Venom. Let's not forget Exciter, which is from our hometown too, which also had an influence on us. I, I remember seeing their album cover with the, the switchblade cutting through a, through an amp and, um, and then listening to some of the songs off that, and you're just like, wow, like, what is this too? Like, so, mm-hmm. you know, I think some of those bands don't get the credit that they deserve for, uh, for making a huge impact on what would later become like the, the bigger thrash scene or uh, speed metal. Sure. And I think that really shows too, as well, as far as the uh, quote unquote rock and roll hall of fame is that you don't see that, you mm-hmm. know? Stop paying attention to that a long time ago. It's, uh, I don't know. It, to me, as a metal fan and a rock fan, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame has become a parody. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think most musicians kind of realize that now. It's, it's almost like, I don't know, every kid gets a gold star. I, I have no idea what the, what, the, uh, what the premise is there, but it certainly lost its way. But I mean, like, I, I've never been, a, like, personally, I've never been about awards or, or, you know, band competitions, like, you know, band wars and all that kind of stuff. Like, I I, I don't think it fosters a really healthy kind of um, atmosphere, right? Like, it's art is art and it's subjective. So how can one person's art be any less than another person's art? Like, so, yeah, sure, some might resonate more with people and that's fine. Um, but to judge it and say this is you know, this is no good or this is better or this one deserves an award and that one doesn't. Eh, seems like a bit of a waste of time to me. And finally, I wanted to ask you, if you could give any message for your fans, what would that message be? Hmm. Uh, well, I think I already said it is, uh, you know, be kind, uh, be tolerant, be inclusive. Yeah, you're going to have a much richer life. Um, Keep your eyes open. Don't get exploited by people. Don't get used. You know, listen to your gut. Your gut will tell you if something's right or wrong. And so if you want to live a happy life, um, your instincts are your best friend. So and that's kind of what the the album kind of alludes to. Right. Is you have, you just have to keep your eyes open, be strong, know your value, know your worth and don't take shit from anybody. Part in the language. I don't know if this is uh, R-rated or not. <laughs> uh, no, this is totally adult. So okay, no F bombs though. Good. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to thank you so much for taking time to speak with me. I wanted to reach out to you because the at upon first listening of the album, I thoroughly enjoyed it cover to cover. Oh, that's awesome to hear. I appreciate that, Bob. And uh, I'm sure it'll be in my car turned to 10 for months to come. Okay. <laughs> Listen, uh, you're not going to send us the speeding tickets, right? That's, that's on you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs>
Well, awesome, man. It was great to talk to you, and I really appreciate the support and the opportunity. I had a, had a good time. Great. Well, please feel free to update me at any time. Uh, you get dates going on or anything, please feel free to update me. Will do. All right. Take care, my friend, and enjoy the rest of your day. Okay. Cheers, brother. Cheers. I'd like to thank you for taking time to listen today. And remember, come see me for a fix.